Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 44 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversation based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Lou Schwalbach, and along with me, as always, is Chad Knight. Howdy. This week, we're challenging ourselves to turn our frowns upside down and be all positive and stuff. That's right. We're going to talk about happy stuff. Yay! We're going to be choosing and talking about songs that, for whatever reason, put us in a good mood, make us smile, make us happy, or what have you. There's going to be no limitations on genre or having any specific words, or any of that bullshit. It's just going to be pure and simple. What makes us feel good, makes us happy, gives us the feelings. But the happy feelings, not the heartfelt feelings. So, can we say feels, or do we have to say feelings because it's happy? That's up to you. I don't consider this to be the feels because this is happy. I, call, I consider the feels like pulling at the heartstrings. Yeah, that's kind, of what I, yeah, that's kind of the way I understood it. So, now you need to sit back, put on your happy face while we get this show started. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Put that away. You said put on my happy face. I took it out of a jar. <laughs> By the door? I suppose. Ah. Well, look at you. Now you're now you're quoting Beatles stuff. I know, right? I, I'm going to have to go in my 12-step program for that. <laughs> so how's it going tonight, sir? Oh, I can't complain. You know, it's a good day. Good uh, night. I agree, and it should be getting better because I'm guessing, I don't know about you, but even writing this <laughs> made me grin, especially some of these songs that we're going to be coming up with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... These songs, I had a lot of fun putting these together. I had a lot of fun writing about them. Now, I want to put out there that these are songs that make us happy. They are not necessarily songs that are... Are happy. Happy. Right. Correct. I realized that when I was looking at some of the choices. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Yeah. But I think before we get into some anything else, I think we should get into our tasting element. Ooh, beer. Yes, indeed. So... This time it was my decision, and I went with another point, because last week we did the Onyx Black Ale. This week we're doing, it says, it's called Snow Pilot. It's got kind of a goofy-looking squirrel on it, which actually is kind of... It reminds me of the squirrel from those... Ice um, Age. From Ice Age, yeah. Scrat, right. This is a pistachio nut brown ale, which sounds kind of weird, but pistachios are delicious. Pistachios are... Uh, nut brown ales, I, I am actually a fan of those usually. Okay. But... They're not usually done with pistachios. And when I smell this... It's really mild. Yeah, it's almost it's almost got no smell. Which concerns me. Yeah, it, it might just be nothing in the bottle. Or watch, it's something like those Guinness bottles where it has that weird fucking plug in there that just doesn't let anything out. Uh, maybe. All right, well, shall we? We shall. Oh, damn. That's good. That is damn good. It's got a good front end. It doesn't linger. No. There's a little bit of a back tongue, but... I can taste pistachios. I can too, actually. In the in the, in the the afterburn, it, or not burn, but after flavor, mm-hmm. it is pistachio all the way. Yeah, I'm getting it more now. It's kind of just, it's almost like the kind of building in the back. Yeah, but it's yeah. subtle, but it builds up. I'm going to enjoy drinking this one during the show. Oh, absolutely. That's very tasty. Yeah. So that was, just again, that was Point Snowplow. I believe it's a probably a seasonal. seasonal. That's what I was looking for. I would, I would assume so, but I may have to go pick some of this up before the season's over. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is good stuff. Yeah. So, now, we are going with the happy. Do you want to start with the happy, or should I? Well, why don't you start with my trivia question? Oh, good call. All or right. my first of two trivia questions. You know, and that's what I figured, you know... I think I'm going to be generous this week and give Chad two choices since this one, one of the questions I chose was a little harder. So I'll be tossing an underhand pitch first, and then I'm going to go in for the heater. Okay, but now you guys know out there that I'm 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 at 500 right now. I'm at five and five. So now he's going to give me two. So best case scenario I feel is I get out of here at 500. Well, yeah, exactly. But be positive. You could actually go up from that. You could that actually, would be nice. That you would could be go nice. seven and five. That, that would be nice. All right, so the easier one. What front man's real name is William Bailey? W. Axel Rose. Told you it was an easy one. Which is an anagram for what? I don't know. Oral sex. W. Axel Rose? Without the W, just Axel Rose is an anagram for oral sex. 
Really? Look at the letters, man. <laughs> I didn't really... I'm like, huh, I'll be damned. Well, I, okay, explain that one to me. Well, you know the anagrams you just switch letters are on, right? Yeah. Okay, A-X-L-R-O-S-E. Oral sex. You switch the letters around, all the words for oral sex are in Axl Rose. Okay, but I'm not. I'm guessing that's not where he got the name from. But Probably not, but it's just one of the little trivia things that came up. So, okay. Okay. this one I'm going to give, this is the harder of the two, and this one we're going to give till the end of the episode to listen to. Okay. So, as of right now, you're six and five. Yep. And it's ironic, the answer that this is, based on what we talked about earlier. So, if you were paying attention, we'll see. Iggy Pop and the Stooges or just the Stooges, were nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame how many times before actually being inducted? Oh, I will think on that. Because unlike some bands where they get in like right away, mm-hmm. other ones have multiple times, and this is one of those. So just, again, how many times were they nominated before actually getting inducted? All right. All right. And, and there's been a hint. Yes. It's a very subtle one, however, but you may pick up on it. I I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're guys. We're not subtle. It's like subtle as a brick in the face. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to start this week since I started last week? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So we're going to go with a little Boom Shakalak by Apache Indian. Now, st- I just got to say that is racially insensitive. Which part? <laughs> Apache Indian. Yeah, because the black kids last episode was any better? I didn't say it was. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stephen Kapoor, Kapoor, Cooper? Whatever. Better known as Apache Engine. Apache Engine. Wow. And we just got more racial. There it goes. All right. Better known as Apache Indian is a Brit singer, songwriter, and reggae DJ. He's been noted for his unique style that is a fusion of Indian, Jamaican, and English cultural elements. His background is Indian, but he grew up predominantly in black and Asian communities in England in the same area as the reggae band Steel and UB40, which helped him develop his style. He produced a hybrid reggae fusion music, come to be known as Bangra Muffin. Bangra Muffin? Yeah, I know. I'm surprised I got that out the first try. Which is Bangra and Dance Hall, also known as Raga, short for Ragamuffin. He's recorded with a ton of different artists, including Rex and FX, Sean Paul, Shaggy, and Maxi Priest, and released 10 albums and 13 singles and is still active today. Do you believe that? No. Now, let's take a little bit of a listen to Boom Shakalak. Give you the sign to move your body, you wiggle your belly, you dip and go down in a new style. You wine and go up, wine and go down, bubble and a rock a cat in new style. Around and you feel like it too, and you feel fine it too. Now, the first time I heard this song was in the classic comedy movie Dumb and Dumber. I saw it at Rogers Cinema downtown. Oh, wow. That doesn't even exist anymore. Well, the building does, just not the actual theater. Right, right. The song itself, as well as most of the other music on the soundtrack, was just so perfect for the idiot adventures of Harry Dunn and Lloyd Christmas on their quest to reconvene with Mary Swanson. Between the goofy effects, the silly lyrics, it has a decent beat that accompanies it. I can't help but grin whenever even hearing it. And it gets bigger even when thinking about the movie itself. I I enjoy this song. This is one that I have on my fun CD that I listen to when I'm just in a shitty mood. Okay. I I definitely saw your face expand, the smile get bigger as you were doing this. I wasn't impressed. The video is nice. I don't know if you watched the video or not. No, because I have the soundtrack for the movie. The music, not my style. Fair enough. I'm glad it makes you happy, but I think I'll take a pass on this one. That's perfectly fine. You know, we we can't make each other happy with our own music choices. Right, exactly. So what is one thing that makes you happy? So the first song we're going to talk about is Winona's Big Brown Beaver by Primus. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is actually a song, people. Yes, it is. It's the first single from Primus' 1995 album, Tales of the Punch Bowl. It was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance in 1996. Of all the band's members, only Lalonde showed up at the event. The award went to Pearl Jam for their song, Spin the Black Circle. Another good song. Not necessarily one that makes me happy, but a good song. The song epitomizes Primus's musical eccentricities, whereby the group's signature funk metal stylings are comically inflected, with the sound vaguely reminiscent of bluegrass and southern rock. During the song's guitar solos, Larry Lalonde's playing shifts from almost noise guitar in the first solo to a somewhat country-sounding technique and banjo-style finger-picking on the second. The song's lyrics constitute an absurd rambling tale about a woman named Winona and her 
Beaver. They combine an on-the-surface crude sexual double entendre in Beaver with more purely nonsensical silliness typical of the band. Let's take a listen. Why don't us get ourselves a big brown beaver and show them off to all our friends? One day you know that beaver tried to leave it, so she gave him up with cyclone fans. Along came Lou with the old baboons and recognized that smell. It smells like seven legs. That beaver ain't Or you could have said we should experience Winona's big brown beaver. I could have said that, but I'm not a crude motherfucker. Oh, really? Wow, you couldn't even say that with a straight face, my friend. Because I sure as shit couldn't if it were me. Primus is an American rock band based in San Francisco, California, currently composed of bassist, vocalist Les Claypool, guitarist Larry Lalande, and drummer Tim Alexander. Primus originally formed in 1984 with Claypool and guitarist Todd Puth, later joined by drummer Jay Lane, though the later two departed the band at the end of 1988. Featuring Lalonde and Alexander, Primus recorded their debut, Suck on This, in 1989, followed by four studio albums, Frizzle Fry, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, Pork Soda, and Tales from the Punch Bowl. Now, normally I wouldn't put other album names in there. But they're but all hilarious. They're, they're funny. So Pork Soda was the first one I remember. I'm like, what the hell is this band? But honestly, the first two things for me come out with, I'm sure you probably have in your notes, Primus wrote the South Park soundtrack. That was the next theme. thing in my notes, actually. See? Awesome. So, yeah, Primus went on to record the original theme song for the TV show South Park and two more albums, Brown Album and Antipop, before declaring a hiatus in 2000. In 2003, Claypool and Alande reunited with Alexander and released a DVD EP, Animals Should Not Try to Act Like People, before touring sperodically through 2009. In 2010, Lane rejoined Primus, replacing Alexander, and the band released their seventh album, Green Nogahide, in 2011. In 2013, Lane left the band to focus on other projects, and Tim Alexander rejoined once again. Well, they have like a like a swinging door of like five of the same artists. They just keep... Yeah, when you feel, hey, when you feel like it, you want to come record something with us? Yeah. They released some of their records on Claypool's own record label, Prawn Songs Records. Primus is characterized by its irreverent, quirky approach to music. Robert Christog once remarked, Primus is quite possibly the strangest top ten band ever, and good for them. So this song puts a smile on my face. Simply because, because of the entendres. No, well, simply because it exists. I really like the showmanship of the band. I mean, these guys, for the, the video for this song, they dress up like in these hilarious, like, mascot, like, okay, country, yeah, you're country guys, you know, like, uh, cowboys oh, and sure. stuff, and it, it's just hilarious. The song uses very blatant sexual overtones, as a lot of their songs do, and a lot of the songs, they make me happy, and I, I don't really know why all these songs make me happy, but they do, and this is definitely one of them. Does this song make you happy, Lou? I wouldn't say it makes me happy. It makes me chuckle just because of the name of the song. What, we're known as Big Brown Beaver? <laughs> well, and actually, I don't know if you read the lyrics for it. It's like Lou, the, Lou came up with his baboon or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, huh, okay, I kind of like this. Well, they have, and one of the things I put in here that I hadn't read was strange references to baboons, Taco Bell seven-layer burritos, carnies, <laughs> yeah. bumper cars, drugs, and porcupines. Because those things go together well. <laughs> they, they, well, when she finds out her Big Brown Beaver is actually a porcupine, that's got to be a sad day. That would be terrible. <laughs> now, all right. the title just makes me laugh, as I mentioned before. And even before I heard the song, it's typical Primus. I mean, they tell a story. They tell it in kind of a weird... There's no other way to put it. It's just weird music. It's like current Oingo Boingo, you know? Yeah, like yeah. The album stuff, it was just odd. It's nothing really special, but it's entertaining. Now, you mentioned Les Claypool, and anybody who watches Cartoon Network would realize that Claypool also did the theme for... Robot Chicken. Oh, okay. So that's just my little contribution because I recognize the name. Okay, fair enough. So are we moving on? Yeah, what, what, what do we got? All right, we're going to go with Witch Doctor by David Seville and the Chipmunks. And I can see you're already grinning, and actually so am I. Now, I I'm, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Um, Bag, Bagdurasian? Sure, sounds All good right, to we're me. just going to say Ross B because I don't know how the hell to say that. Ross B Sr. was a performer on Broadway and did some work in front of the camera. But what he's most well-known for is his music. He recorded novelty music in the mid-50s, and in the summer of 1958, he gave us The Witch Doctor, a song about a guy longing for his woman who didn't return his affections, who, so he goes to speak with the witch doctor. The witch doctor gives him advice on how to win the heart 
in the form of a gibberish phrase. Let's go ahead and listen to said gibberish phrase. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor he gave me this advice. He said that Exactly. Now, the voice of the witch doctor is Ross Bees. He recorded it on half speed, and then when he played it back at normal, it would sound sped up and high-pitched. Kind of clever. The song went number one, which gave him an idea. The idea was Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, which, good for him, great, because that was one of my favorite cartoons when I was a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was on uh, NBC, I think. Yeah, I think so, Channel 12 or Yep, 27. exactly. Now, the next major release was the Grammy-winning song, The Chipmunk Song, Christmas Don't Be Late, which everybody knows, and the rest is history. He passed away just shy of his birthday in 1972, and there was a hiatus on the chipmunks until Ross Jr. picked it up, and Ross Jr. has been doing it ever since, and his wife does the chipettes. Oh, okay. Keep it in the family, I suppose. Now, Witch Doctor has a classic feel to it, and before the words even kick in, you listen to it, and it's just kind of a classic love song of the 50s. And then all of a sudden we have the Witch Doctor chorus, and it's hard not to smile. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I heard it on Dr. Demento and laughed as much back then as I do today. There's, I mean, there's no way to not have a smile when you're hearing this song. Yeah, I said, I can all, I can totally understand why this song would make you happy. When I saw it on your list, I was happy. It's just a fun song. I mean, and, and that's just all it is. It's just fun. The fact that the chipmunks are singing it, doesn't hurt any of it either. No, it's kind of a bonus even. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's one of those great songs. It's got childhood memories wrapped up in it with me, you know, because my mom liked this kind of stuff, so we had, like, the Chipmunks album and stuff like that. And, like you said, Dr. Demento, mm-hmm. there was stuff on there. And it, so, for me, this is just one of those songs that... It's nostalgic. Yeah, it's nostalgic. And when I, when I saw it on your list, I literally, I kind of got a smile on my face. So... Good pick on that one. Oh, thank you. And let's see, what are you going to follow up with? I'm going to follow up with something not as happy, but yet makes me happy. Okay. So, Wrecking Ball is a song recorded by American singer Miley Cyrus for her fourth studio album, Bangers, with a Z. Oh, there's just one Z in that? Yeah, there's just one Z, but I don't know. I The old man in me is just like... Really? Just put an S there. Speak with emoji while you're at it. Oh, don't give any ideas. <laughs> Wrecking Ball is a pop ballad with that which lyrically discusses the deterioration of a relationship. Wrecking Ball debuted on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 at number 50 and later became Cyrus's first number one single in the United States after the release of its controversial music video. It retained the peak position during the following week. Nine weeks later, the track returned to number one, consequently had the largest gap between number one sittings in Billboard Hot 100 history. As of January 2014, Wrecking Ball has sold 3 million copies in the United States. Internationally, the song charted strongly. It topped the charts in Canada, Spain, and the UK, and charted in the top 10 throughout much of Europe and Oceania. An accompanying music video for Wrecking Ball was released. It featured close-up scenes of Cyrus's tearfully singing, reminiscent of the clip for Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, interspersed with footage of a nude Cyrus swinging on a wrecking ball. Critics were divided in their opinions of the music video, feeling it was more provocative than the clip for her previous single, We Can't Stop. Wrecking Ball previously held the Vivo record for the most views in the first 24 hours after its release with 19.3 million views in 24 hours. Cyrus has performed Wrecking Ball live during several live performances, including the iHeartRadio Music Festival and an episode of Saturday Night Live. Well, it came in like a wrecking ball. I can live a lie running for my life. I will always want you. I came in like a wrecking ball. Ray Cyrus, born Destiny Hope Cyrus, is an American singer, songwriter, and actress. 
After playing minor roles in the television series Doc and the film Big Fish in her childhood, she became a teen idol starring as the character Miley Stewart in the Disney Channel television series Hannah Montana in 2006. She subsequently signed a record contract with Hollywood Records, and her debut album, Meet Miley Cyrus, was a certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry America, Association of America, having shipped over 3 million units. She released her second album, Breakout, and launched her film career as a voice actress in the animated film Bolt in 2008. This song makes me happy for a lot of reasons. One, it's Miley, and she makes me happy, especially since she has calmed down after her breakaway from Hannah Montana. I like her now in the stage she's in now over that really crazy... So she got it out of her system, basically. Yeah, exactly. The song is really a sad song about loss. That that said, the sound of her voice, the purity and the longing in her voice that she portrays in the song makes me happy. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I never claim to be normal. Your thoughts? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read exactly what I've written down. This is a sad ass song, because <laughs> I mean it really is. I'm not sure how this is a, is a happy song for you, but no judgments. I mean, if it floats your boat, so be it. It was one of your guilty pleasures back on episode eight, so I should have expected it. Wow, guilty pleasures was episode eight. Yeah, it was. Wow. Okay. I'm like the librarian of this shit. You know that. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> because when I tried to put it in, because I, I keep track of all the songs we do, it came up on Excel and it was already there. I'm like, wait a second. Control F search. Oh, look at that. I totally forgot I had done this song already. It's all good. It's not a bad song. It is a sad song. I wouldn't say it makes me happy, but it's one of her calm songs, per se. I mean, not where she's in her crazy, like her Britney shaved head. Well, era. you know, it, it's kind of like when we had talked about it. I don't know if it was this song or if we did Nothing Compares to You by Sinead, but they both have that. And there's something about this in a music video. You want to catch Chad's attention, do a close-up of the face with a single tear running down the cheek, and I don't, something about that mesmerizes me. Okay. Does it work live? Because if you're ever pissed off, I'll just scare, scare up some tears. I don't think I don't think it'll work on you. <laughs> well, come on. I'll shave my head like Sinead. <laughs> No, I just, my first thing that comes to mind when I think of this, too, is I don't know if you've ever watched the Lip Sync Battle. No. They had Anne Hathaway doing the Lip Sync Battle of this one. The actress? Yes. Okay. They had her getting on the wrecking ball with the tight shirt and the no bra and everything else, and she looked fucking hot. Okay. There is, if, if you get really bored, when I was doing this, and a couple, a couple uh, entries down from the video on YouTube is one of a guy doing this in his living room he's got this little white t-shirt or tank top on and the little white he's got like tidy whiteies on and dude is this the reason it takes you forever to get your write-ups done sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but he's lip-syncing this right and on one side they're showing him lip-syncing it and he even did something where he had like a like a tow rope hanging from the ceiling and he had like a like a yoga ball and, oh and he's swinging God. back and forth on it and on the other side of the split screen, they're showing these people reacting to it. Hilarious. I can only imagine, because I have a feeling I'd be wondering, what the fuck are you on? <laughs> there Aside were from the wrecking ball. There were some of those looks, and there were some people, I mean, it was kind of funny. The guys, for the most part, were like, what the fuck is going on? And the girls are just, they're loving it. Yeah, I can I can buy that, actually, because women like weird shit as much as we do. They just don't admit it half the time. Right. So... <laughs> Let's move on. What do you got next? All right. We're going to go with a little wake me up before you go, go by. Wham! It has an exclamation point. You have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, That's what Deadpool says anyway. Exactly. Wham! Wham, 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 Now, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely formed Wham! In 1981 in England. Imagine that. They were a hit with the ladies from the beginning, which is hilarious if you think about it now. It's very funny. And were mainly competing with Duran Duran and Culture Club. Culture Club, another one that's hilarious. If you're thinking about picking up women, yeah. Yeah, exactly. In the UK at the time. It didn't hurt that they reportedly put badminton shuttlecocks in their pants during their performances, I'm sure. In 1984, they signed with... That sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, actually. Because they got those little baskets on the bottom and yeah, have that running into your junk? No, I'll take a pass. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like the worst athletic supporter ever. But it's, it's a great name. Shuttlecock. Exactly. It's it's almost, it's like, you know, saying like swear words that aren't swear words. Like you're a kid, like that dog's a bitch, but it's a real thing. Ha ha. Yeah. You can't yell at me because it is a bitch because it's a girl dog. <laughs> now, in 1984, they signed with Epic, which is where their pop success exploded. 
They released multiple singles and continue to be in the public eye between touring MTV and Live Aid. If you remember Live Aid. Oh, yeah. In 1986, the duo broke up, wanting separate things. Mainly, George Michael wanted to go after a more sophisticated... Well, that too. A more sophisticated adult market instead of the teenagers that they were currently headed at. Michael initially bashed his time with Wham! Uh, sorry, with Wham! But his thoughts got less salty as he grew older prior to his death in 2016. The duo had just reunited a few times with the last time being in 1991. Let's hear a little bit of Wake Me Up. Wake me up before you go, go, go leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go, go. I don't want to miss it when you hit that high. Wake me up before you go, go. Cause I'm not planning on going solo. Wake me up before you go, go. This song is one of those that, if you remember the video and how ridiculous it was, you probably smile, and if you're not already smiling, probably gets a little bit broader. I mean, it's the epitome of the 80s, man. I mean, neon, leg warmers, black lights, and go-go's. I mean, it wasn't the go-go's, but I mean, shit, it might as well have been. It was unreal. I mean, the song is just fun, despite the fact that it's actually used as a morning alarm clock that wakes me up from good dreams pretty damn often. Even so, I still find the song entertaining because of the silliness of it. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. That is that is her alarm clock on her phone. Nice. Yeah, and it's just like, motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> Especially, she, she hits snooze, so it goes off every ten minutes. Like, shut the goddamn thing off. <laughs> Anyways, what do you think about it? Well, you know, wham, with an exclamation point. Like you didn't you say said. it right. I'm getting to it. Okay. So, as Deadpool says, you have to pronounce it like you mean it. Wham! Love this song. Absolutely listened to it as a kid and was blown away by... Honestly, how great of a song it is. I mean, musically, lyrically, and everything. And I still kind of feel that way. It's a good, happy song, you know? Oh, it is. I, I, I would not change the channel. It's probably not one of those songs that sit in the front of your memory, though, and you're like, oh, I wonder if that's on the radio somewhere. But but on any 80s compilation, if it doesn't show up, then you don't have a good 80s compilation. I would agree. So that that's just a big grin for me. And let's see what your next big grin could potentially be. All right. So once again, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna kill me here wah, because, wah. because you're probably gonna say, "Well, that's not a happy song." But anyway, Mr. Crowley is a song by British heavy metal vocalist Ozzy Osbourne about English occultist Aleister Crowley. It was first released on Osbourne's debut solo album, Blizzard of Oz, in September 1980. Such a good album. It is in the UK. And then a live version of the song was released as a single in November of 1980. The song was written by Osborne guitarist Randy Rhodes and bass guitarist lyricist Bob Daisley. Mr. Crowley is one of two singles released from the Blizzard of Oz album with Crazy Train being the first. The song was inspired by a book about Aleister Crowley which Osborne had read and a deck of tarot cards that were found in the studio as the recording of the album was commencing. Crowley was an, was an English occultist and ceremonial magician who had founded the Themalite religion in the early 20th century. Let's ride our white horse. Mr. Crowley, what went on in your head? I like what you did there. It's a, it's a reference to the song. Yep. So John Michael Ozzy Osbourne. I'm always blown away when his name is John. It's just it's such a basic name, John Michael. Yeah. Uh, is an English singer, songwriter, and actor. He rose to prominence in the early 1970s as the lead vocalist of the heavy metal band Black Sabbath. He was fired from Black Sabbath in 1979 and went on to have a successful solo career, releasing 11 studio albums the first seven of which were all awarded multi-platinum certifications in the U.S. Osborne has since reunited with Black Sabbath on several occasions, recording the album 13 in 2013. His longevity and success have earned him the informal title of Godfather of Heavy Metal. Osborne's total album sales from his years in Black Sabbath combined with his solo work is over 100 million units. As a member of Black Sabbath, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and he was inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame as a solo artist and as a member of the band. In the early 2000s, Osborne became a reality television star, appearing as himself in the MTV reality show The Osbournes, alongside wife and manager Sharon, 
and two of their three children, Kelly and Jack. Osborne appeared with some Jack in the 2016 Worldwide Travelogue docuseries, Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. Have you watched that show? I have not. It is fantastic. Yeah, that's it what I've heard. really entertaining. That's what I've heard. I have not seen it, though. All right, so right off, Ozzy makes me happy. Randy Rhodes on guitar makes me happy. Great Rock and Roll makes me happy. This song is the trifecta of those. How can this not be a happy song? The song about Aleister Crowley, a self-proclaimed magician and prophet, was known to the world as a crazy, eccentric, and possibly a devil worshiper. But the boys from Birmingham nail this one perfectly. Doesn't this make you happy? I would agree that good rock and roll makes me happy. This isn't a... There's, I guess, apparently different forms of happy that we're dealing with. Okay. As opposed to, like, <laughs> I'm happy, as opposed to, I'm content with good music happy. So, okay. Now, it, it's funny, because, again, my notes are even that I'm not going to judge, but I'm wondering how this song makes you smile, especially with the topic of, you know, devils and magician and all that other stuff. We're gamers, dude! Devils and magicians make us happy! Well, only if we roll criticals. <laughs> Against them. Exactly. <laughs> Regarding the song, I mean, it's Ozzy. I mean, there's very little bad that the dude has done. I mean, honestly, I've got most of his stuff between Black Sabbath and his self stuff. I probably couldn't mention on two hands, even on one hand, that many songs I don't like of his. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy I enjoy Ozzy's voice. You know, everybody always says it's a really unique voice, and it is. But I love it. I do. And you can never, you can never think it's somebody else. No. It's just one of those voices that... Once you hear it, you know who you're listening to. You might not know if it's solo or if it's if it's Black Sabbath. Right. But you're gonna know it's Ozzy in some way, shape, or form. And that's that's fantastic. And there's really nothing else to say about it. Yep. So what do you got next? Next we're gonna go with a little bang the drum all day by Todd Rundgren. Now, Todd Harry Rundgren. <laughs> Harry Rundgren. <laughs> that sounds dirty. Yes, it does. I got a Harry Rundgren. I need to <laughs> shave it. <laughs> Either that or you need to see a doctor for that. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. But funny as hell, actually. Now I'm laughing even more. Now, Todd Rundgren started off right out of high school forming the garage band Naz. They put out three albums and got a small bit of fame with Rundgren's song Hello, It's Me, which he later re-recorded as a solo artist. The re-recording was more up-tempo and became one of his signature songs. Honestly, not one of my favorite of his. In the 1970s and 80s, he educated himself in production work and engineering and produced for many notable artists such as the band... Great Grand Funk Railroad and Meatloaf, the man, not the meal. Mm, both are good, though. I'm not going to disagree. He worked on solo material in the mid-70s. His backup band evolved into playing prog rock as the band Utopia, which he was part of until the late 70s. He's technically still recording and touring today, with his most recent album being released in May of 2017. Six months ago. Yeah, that's it's pretty shocking. I mean, he's, yeah. he's held on there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's always kind of funny when you see these old bands or you think about these old bands and the songs that we knew and grew up with and that kind of stuff. And then they're like, what do you, what do you mean they're still recording? Or touring for that matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because anybody can sit in, in a producer's booth or recording studio and press the buttons for them, but actually performing is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's go ahead and bang the drum all day, or at least for a little while. Day, which was one of his 21 singles, topped out at number 39 on the U.S. Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. The song really is just a guy singing about how he wants nothing more out of life than to bang the drum all day. That's it. Really. No hitting meetings. No subterfuge. You sure there's not a double entendre there? <laughs> that could very well be the day. Uh, that could be the case. I mean, when he talks about uh, banging the drum just like it was the boss's head, that would be kind of a disgusting double entendre, actually, if you think about it depending on the gender and what you go for, but we're not going to go that far. Yeah, I think you just did. <laughs> Fine. You don't need to go any further. How about that? Oh, okay. Now, I don't want to work. I don't want to play. I just want to bang the drum. Like, refreshingly simple. For me, it's hard not to smile when the song comes on, mainly because of that opening riff. I don't know what instrument it is, if it's a keyboard or, or whatever. It just makes me grin. Now, it just sounds like a party. 
to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I this, mean, and and the other reason I like it is because of how it's used. I mean, you also watch Packer games. Yeah. And whenever Green Bay scores, they play this. And I'll tell you what, when you're at the stadium and you hear this on the loudspeakers, it's cause for celebration and a party. Right. Yeah. So that's partly why I like this song. You know, and I, I really do enjoy this song. Anybody who's like, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on a drum all day. Now, personally, for me, I don't want to bang on a drum, but I don't want to work either. So, you know, I get it. I get why this is, it would be a happy song. It's it's a good 90s rock song. I believe it was in the 90s or was it 80s? Uh, I think it was 80s. Late 80s, early 90s kind of thing? or Maybe I'm all off on when it was, but... Uh, the song came out in the past. Yes. This fun, upbeat song will make you smile and tap your foot. I approve. Great song. Yeah, there's really nothing else to go on there. Exactly. So let's keep the toe tapping going. All right. So this one, you might you might agree with me on this one, finally. So I Kissed a Girl is a song recorded by American singer Katy Perry for her second studio album, One of the Boys. I Kissed a Girl is a pop rock song with elements of new wave. I don't see it, but that's what they say. Perry stated its lyrics are about the magical beauty of a woman. The song sparked controversy for its homosexual themes. You think? The song topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart for seven consecutive weeks, becoming the 1,000th <laughs> number one song of the rock era. It has reached the summit of the charts in nearly 20 countries. The song has been certified multi-platinum in Australia, Canada, Denmark, and the U.S. The accompanying music video for the song was released in May 2008. The video, directed by Kinga Burza, features Perry in a setting inspired by burlesque and Moulin Rouge styles. It featured appearances from Perry's friends, including actress Shannon Woodward and then-unknown uh, American electropop singer Kesha. The song is recognized as the 10th best-selling single in the 21st century. I Kissed a Girl was performed and a nominee for at the 51st Grammy Awards. It was also nominated for Favorite Song at the 2009 Kids' Choice Awards. The song was included in Perry's performance in Super Bowl 49 Pepsi Halftime Show in 2015. Let's go ahead and let's kiss some girls. Hudson, known professionally as Katy Perry, is an American singer and songwriter. After singing in church during her childhood, she pursued a career in gospel music as a teenager. Perry signed with Red Hill Records and released her debut album, Katy Hudson, under her birth name in 2001, which was co commercially unsuccessful. She moved to Los Angeles the following year to venture into secular music after Red Hill ceased operations, and she subsequently began working with producer Glenn Ballard, Dr. Luke, and Max Martin. After adopting the stage name Katy Perry and being dropped by the Island Def Jam Music Group and Columbia Records, she was signed to a recording contract with Capitol Records in April 2007. Perry rose to fame in 2008 with the release of her second album, a pop rock record titled One of the Boys, and its singles I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold. The former track also sparked controversy for its sapphic themes. Okay, Katy Perry is an amazing voice, great sound, and not bad on the eyes. All three of these things make me happy. <laughs> this is definitely one of those songs that make me happy based simply on the theme of the song, Good Girls Doing Bad Things. Yes, I used finger quotes because how bad is it really? Seriously, Lou, how bad is it? No, it's not. And anymore, that's pretty tame, actually. Yeah. Now, you said this makes you happy. Now, is this happy in the face or happy in the pants? Happy in the head. Sure. Wait, no, okay, we're not going to go there. But anyways, either way, it's a good song off of her second album. I personally like Hot or Cold better. See, and I go just the opposite way. Um, which is another song, but that one actually makes me smile because the video for Hot and Cold is awesome with her doing the wedding thing and running out and everything else. I haven't seen that one. And then also because anybody who does computer gaming would know that for hot and cold they actually did a version for sims 2 when it came out they did it entirely in simlish the made-up language but it had a sim version of katie perry singing her own song 
in that made-up language. Okay, I've only got one thing to say about that. I'm a nerd. Lame. <laughs> nice. All right, well, let's move on to the next one here. All right, what do you got? We're going to go with September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of the most successful bands of all time, formed in 1970. They went strong until 1984 when Maurice White felt they needed a break and took a hiatus. CBS convinced them to get back together in 87, and they've been active ever since. Pretty simple. Nothing really happened with them. Earth, Wind, and Fire throughout the years became known for three main things. Having a huge stage show with all kinds of instruments, including lots of horns, and the kalimbo, which is an African thumb piano. The stark difference and how well they complement each other between Philip Bailey, which is the same guy who duetted with Phil Collins in Easy Lover. Okay. His high voice and then Maurice White's low register. And the huge cast of band members between past and present. I mean, we're seriously looking at like 30 people in this band. Oh, yeah. There's a huge. Now. Kind of reminds me of uh, George Clinton and. uh, Oh, yeah. I know. Funkadelic or Right, right, right. Now, they also had the distinction of being the first African-American act to sell out Madison Square Garden. Oh, who keeps these stats? Exactly. But that's still pretty awesome. It is. It's a cool stat. But who keeps them? You know, they played music ranging from R&B to soul to disco to pop to rock. And I'll be honest, they succeeded at all of them. Let's go ahead and look at some September. Now, since inception, Earth, Wind, and Fire has released 21 studio albums, 10 of them going at least gold, and has spawned 62 singles. Well, you got to have that many singles just to pay for everybody in the band. Yeah, no shit. Now, regarding the song, this is one I can't explain why I like it. I re- there's no way, there are no words for it for me. It's just something, I don't know if it's the tone of the chorus or the sound that people are having fun when it's singing it, or just, it just, it seems positive to me. I mean, the song, it's, even the lyrics, they're just... Hell, they put the, the lyrics in there was body ya, I think. Which, if I recall, the record company's like, you're going to take that out, right? And they're like, yeah, we'll get to it. And they never did. So if you listen to the song now, it's like, body ya. I would sing along to this one if I knew the words. And it's a huge pick-me-up for me. I mean, it's one of those where I'm kind of grumbling and listening and put this one on. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. So this is a fun disco song. Earth, Wind, and Fire know how to do it up. This song makes you bop along and enjoy whatever it is you're doing at the time. What can I say? I was very happy listening to this song. Love it. Love a lot of their stuff. But this song, you know, and the fact that it's disco and I like it. It's shocking. It's, yeah, because disco is not my thing, man. No, there. I think I can probably count on one hand how many disco songs I care for. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. I uh, don't have much more to say, though. Cool. Let's go to your next one. All right. So my next one is going to be Happy by Pharrell Williams. Happy is a song written, produced, and performed by American singer and record producer Pharrell Williams from the Despicable Me 2 soundtrack album. It has served as the lead single for Williams' second studio album, Girl. Happy is a mid-tempo soul and neo-soul song on which Williams' falsetto voice has been compared to Curtis Mayfield's by critics. The song has been highly successful, peaking at number one in the United States and 23 other countries. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, A live rendition of the song won a Grammy Award for Best Pop Solo Performance at the 57th Annual Grammy Awards. The music video for Happy was nominated for Best Male Video and Video of the Year at the 2014 MTV Music Video Awards. It also won the Grammy Award for Best Music Video at the 57th Annual Grammy Awards. The song was Billboard's number one single for 2014. Happy was the most successful song of 2014 with 13.9 million units sold worldwide. Let's get happy. sometimes known simply as Pharrell, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer, and film producer. 
Williams and Chad make up the record production duo The Neptunes, producing soul, hip-hop, and R&B music. He is the lead vocalist and drummer of the rock-funk hip-hop band Nerd <laughs> that he formed with Hugo and childhood friend Shay Haley. As part of The Neptunes, Williams has produced numerous hit singles for various recording artists. William owns a media venture that encompasses entertainment, music, fashion, and art called I Am Other, a multimedia creative collective and record label that serves as an umbrella for all of Pharrell Williams' endeavors, including Billionaire Boys Club. Williams has earned 10 Grammy Awards, including two with the Neptunes. He is also a two-time Academy Award nominee, receiving a 2014 Best Original Song nomination from Happy, and a 2017 Best Picture nomination as one of the producers of Hidden Figures which was an amazing movie. Which one was that? That was the one about the women who put the rocket into space. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that... Song name is Happy? I think that's explanation enough. I like it because I like it. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy the song. It makes me smile because it's just peppy, and and this is... Here's my science nerd thing. It's like an audio endorphin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's really no other way to put it. It just makes you... It kind of fills you with happy, like shiny energy yeah for me for me it's kind of like do you remember the song don't worry be happy yeah this is like the love child of that song and an actual happy song yeah yeah well because don't worry to be happy is not really very no it's it's really (laughs) your life sucks but fuck it be happy yeah yeah, exactly and it's funny you mentioned this is a mid-tempo because this one moves along pretty good it does. Now, the second reason I enjoyed it is because of Despicable Me 2, which I enjoy those movies. Oh, I think I love they're them. very good. I'm really looking forward to the third one coming out on DVD soon. I think it should be around Christmas time, I think. Yeah, I think it's I think it's right after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to picking that one. Yeah. The Minions are awesome. The Minions movie wasn't great. It was. It I, was. I think they're good supporting cute. characters. It was cute for what it was. Right, they're good supporting not, characters. Yeah. I don't think they're good main characters. It does not stand uh, anywhere near on the heights of the Despicable Me movies. No, and I'm sorry, the fact that they had Jason Segal, I think that was in the first one as the nerdy guy, Yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it. It's one of my favorites. All right, so what do you got next? We're going to go with, I believe, a thing called Love by the Darkness. Now... English rock band The Darkness formed in 2000 of the brothers Justin on lead vocals and Dan, backing vocals, Hawkins, Frankie Poulain, Poulain on bass, and Rufus Tiger Taylor. <laughs> what a name. Tiger Taylor. Yeah, exactly. He was on drums. Their debut album, Permission to Land, featured four singles, including this song, and went quadruple platinum in the UK. They released a couple other albums before the shakeup started. Poulain left and was replaced. A year later, Hawkins was read, was admitted for coke and booze. The rest of the band formed a new band, Stone Gods. And when, Why can't people handle their booze? I swear to God. Yeah, as we're drinking, right. Uh, they they created the band Stone Gods, and when Justin got out of rehab, he formed the band Hot Leg. In 2011, the band reunited with original bassist and have been recording and touring ever since. Let's believe. Touching you. is a throwback to the glam rock 80s sound. This was confirmed by one of the writers, Dan Hawkins, stating, when we wrote I Believe in a Thing Called Love, we had some booze, smoked some Joe, and tried to write the most 80s song we could. Smoke some Joe? Well, they're British. What is Joe? Is that is that weed? Yeah. Okay. I mean, most 80s song they could. Mission accomplished, my friend. Seriously. This song positively reeks of the 80s, and that is absolutely a good thing. The song is hair metal. It's over-the-top awesomeness that I'm laughing out loud thinking about even. The lyrics are goofily lovey. It's got a great rap background, and Justin Hawkins' super high falsetto just works. I love this song. This one makes me smile, laugh, grin, inside and out. I could be in a completely shit mood, and this helps to turn around. I I can't really say why I appreciate it, other than it's just a fun song, and the video is so messed up, it's hilarious. You disagree. I do. I'm glad it makes you happy. No judgment on my part. I, I don't know what to think about this. It's kind of like a parody of a good rock song. I guess I can see how it might make somebody happy. Didn't really do it for me. Kind of kind of has like a twisted sister feel to me. 
To a degree, yeah. But then again, that's what they said they were going for was like the hyper 80s. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Not my cup of tea. Fair and enough. And since they're British, I can say that. Yeah. But good on you. I'm glad it makes you happy. Cool, cool. What do you got next? All right, so up next, Rocky Raccoon is a song by the Beatles from the double album The Beatles, also known as The White Album. The song was primarily written by Paul McCartney, who was inspired by playing acoustic guitar with John Lennon and Donovan in India. The song, a folk rock ballad, is titled from the character's name, which was originally Rocky Sassoon. But McCartney changed it to Rocky Raccoon because he thought it sounded more like a cowboy. Obviously... They know nothing about fucking cowboys. Exactly. Paul McCartney knows nothing about cowboys. But anyway, former 13th Floor Elevators drummer Danny Thomas claims the name Rocky was inspired by Rocky Erickson, the American rock band's then vocalist and guitarist. The old West-style honky-tonk piano was played by producer George Martin, and the song is notable as the last Beatles song to feature John Lennon's harmonica playing. Let's see what Rocky is up to. Now somewhere in the black mine and hills of Dakota There lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon And one day his woman ran off with another guy Hit young Rocky in the eye Rocky didn't like that, he said I'm gonna get that boy So one day he walked into town Booked himself a room in the local saloon describe a conflict over a love triangle in which Rocky's girlfriend, Lil McGill, known to the public as Nancy, leaves him for a man named Dan, who punches Rocky in the eye. Rocky vows revenge and takes a room at the saloon in the town where Dan and Nancy are staying. He bursts into Dan's room, armed with a gun, but Dan outdraws and shoots him. A drunken doctor attends to Rocky, the latter insisting that the wound is only a minor one. Stumbling back to his room, Rocky finds a Gideon's Bible and takes it as a sign from God on his deathbed. In Mojo Magazine in October 2008, McCartney acknowledged that the style of the song is a pastiche, saying, I was basically spoofing this folk singer. Lennon attributed the song to Paul, saying, Couldn't you guess? Would I have gone to all the trouble while Gideon's Bible and all that stuff? So, two weeks in a row with a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. I like it. The song is done in an old Western style... Uh, an old Western style... Well, it mocks an old Western style. Okay. The song is so far from the rest of the body of the work of the Beatles that it always makes me smile when listening to the White Album. I know you had to talk about the Beatles last week. What do you think of this one? Uh, I got three letters for you. Meh. Meh? Yep. I'm happy this makes you happy, so that's about my main happiness on this one, but I... Now, I got to ask you, because I know we don't always listen to the full song. Did you listen to the full song? Uh, yes, because I had to try to figure out a place where I wanted to actually cut it. I will actually be interested to see where you cut it. Well, you'll find out soon. Yeah, um, I know. So... Now, I had never heard this song. No, it's, the, it's a deep cut. The Beatles tell a story about a Black Hills guy of the same name. I wouldn't really recommend this to anybody for a first or second, even third playing of Beatles. Because <laughs> there are so many other good songs in their catalog. This is a very, very deep cut. Yes. Um, it's Beatles. That's about all I got to say about it. All right, man. What do you got? All right. We're going to go ahead and finish up with Seagulls, Stop It Now. I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> this is by Bad Lip Reading, who's not technically a group, but we'll explain. Now, Bad Lip Reading has been doing videos on YouTube since 2011. Mostly with football. Or at least that's what you first know them as. Right. In case you haven't heard of this, what they do is they take videos of things ranging from political debates to movies, to football games. Bad Lip Reading Football was my first exposure, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, God, yes. Um, they overdubbed them with their own lyrics and scripts. The NFL edition did quite well, and the movie ones can be pretty good. As of April 2017, they've got over 6 million subscribers, myself included, and over 824 million views. Wow. That's close to a billion. Yeah, yeah, they got a couple hundred million to go, but yeah. Yeah. Now... This song was done over the movie The Empire Strikes Back and has Yoda and Luke talking about it, even including a little bit of R2. Let's go ahead and take a listen, then we'll give you some more. Rockin', rockin' and rollin' Down to the beach I'm strollin' But the seagulls poking my head Not fun, I said seagulls
it starts off with Yoda asking Luke. Oh, oh. What does he ask? You know this. I'm trying to think here. Um, Penny for your thoughts. Exactly. To which Luke vents about how he hates Brenda and a bad guy hit him in the shin and how he peed all up in his pants to Yoda says, nothing that a little <laughs> music can't help. And First so, he laughs. <laughs> exactly. So And so begins the epic all over the place tale on how Yoda hates seagulls, of all things. The video is pretty hilarious and it does lose a little when, you, when not able to see it and only hearing it, but I don't care. I'm, I'm actually, I've sung this song in my head repeatedly as I'm talking. And I know that you're probably doing the same because I see your head kind of bobbing. The song is pretty awful, but it's hilarious at the same time. And I have to say, I dare say, it is one of my favorite comedy songs in a long time, not done by Weird Al. Fair now, enough. If you're a Star Wars fan, I say check it out right away on YouTube. Even if you're not, it's just silly enough that you'll get a chuckle, especially when Yoda and R2 start attacking. Yes. So, I love this song. It is absolutely stupid and has very little to nothing to do with Star Wars. But I can't stop listening to it, watching the video, and honestly, this is a huge earworm for me. Oh, oh my God, yes. It felt... Sadly, I don't care when it gets stuck in my head. No, no. In fact, actually, I seem to recall that even when we were driving back from the con, it came up, even without the video coming up. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a happy song. You saved the best of your list for last, absolutely. I appreciate that. I figured that that would be the case, because I know that you appreciate this about as much as I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a great song. And so what are you going to round us out with? I Actually, I know what you're going to round us out with, but let's hear it. Yeah, so Diamond Ring by Bon Jovi. Now, if you're not a Bon Jovi fan, this is a very deep cut. However, I couldn't find much about the song on the web. But let's face it, it's a beautiful love song about getting married. This song shook me to the core when I heard it the first time. I was literally weeping, not from sadness, but from love and happiness. I was in a very good place at the time. The song came out about the time that my wife and I got engaged. We both really love this song, and are just sitting here talking about it makes me get the feels. Well, let's take a listen. If I can just interrupt here, did they play this at your wedding or during the reception? I'll get to that. Okay. So to finish the story, we used the song in our wedding as the recessional. We did not have traditional music at our wedding with selections from Bette Midler and Elton John also being sung that during our wedding. I think the only traditional song at the wedding was Canon in D. Uh, you know, when Nikki walked down the aisle. Sure, sure. Probably one of my favorite pieces of classical music. Yeah, it's very good. So Bon Jovi is an American rock band from Sayreville, New Jersey. Formed in 1983, Bon Jovi consists of lead singer and namesake John Bon Jovi, pianist and keyboardist David Bryan, drummer Tico Torres, lead guitarist Phil X, and bassist Hugh McDonald. What is Bon Jovi's real name? It's John Bon Jovi. It's just spelled differently. It's Italian. It's like it's. It looks like it should be Bon Jovi or something. Yeah, like Bon Jovi or something like but that. I but I think he, he Americanized it. Yes, the spelling. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's pronounced the same way, so... Damn Italians. Yeah, yeah. The band's lineup has remained mostly static during its history, the only exceptions being the 1994 dismissal of bass player Alec John Such, who was unofficially replaced by Hugh McDonald, and the departure of longtime guitarist and co-songwriter Richie Sambora in 2013. Phil X and McDonald both became official members in 2016. In 1986, Bon Jovi achieved widespread global recognition with their third album, Slippery When Wet. The band's fourth album, New Jersey, was equally successful in 1988. After touring and recording nonstop during the late 1980s, the band went on hiatus following the New Jersey tour in 1990, during which time John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora both released successful studio albums. In 1992, the band returned to the album Keep the Faith. Their 2000 single, It's My Life, which followed a second hiatus, successfully introduced the band to a younger audience. Bon Jovi has been known to use different styles in their music, which has included country for their 2007 album Lost Highway. Thus far, Bon Jovi has released 13 studio albums, plus six compilations, and three live albums. The band has sold more than 130 million records worldwide and performed more than 2,700 concerts in over 50 countries for more than 34 million fans. He was the king of arena rock. Oh, yeah. 
Bon Jovi was inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame in 2006. The band was also honored with the Award of Merit at the American Music Awards in 2004. And as a songwriters and collaborators, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2009. On October 5th, 2017, Bon Jovi was listed as a nominee for the 2018 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. I'm guessing they're a first ballot group. That wouldn't surprise me. I'm sh- Actually, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has their information on their website on who's inducted and who's on the class and everything else. Oh, already? Yeah, in fact, actually, when um, oh, there was a band we talked about in one of the most recent episodes that's in the 2018 class, too. I don't know if it was ACDC or someone else. But okay. But, no, because ACDC is already in. Yeah, but, but anyway, this song makes me happy for obvious reasons. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's a nostalgia and it's personal memories. Right, exactly. And, and you can't beat that. No, God, no. That is, that's pretty much a perfect, and I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I couldn't find anything happy about the song except for the fact that, I mean, it is a love song. Mm-hmm. It's a boring love song, but it is a love song. I've heard that. I read that a lot on the internet, and and it's because of the personal connection that I don't agree with that. Well, exactly, and that's it makes sense for you. Now, as Sheryl Crow said it, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. True, true. <laughs> throws that out there for you. You like that, huh? <laughs> no, it's if it's great when it's got a personal connection for you, which there's one that I thought about that I cut for time that Hakuna Matata. I watched Lion King a shitload when I worked at the toy store. Okay. And that song just makes me grin. Yeah, that's a great song. Too. You know, so without even getting into it right there, I mean, we're not going to play anything on that one, but that's another one where personal memories make it happy even if the song isn't there. Yeah, so... Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. All right. So the first announcement I have is we're going to be doing a live show in we, January. Absolutely. We're going to be at uh, Evercon Gaming Convention. It's going to be we're going to be there on Sunday, the seventh of January, twenty eighteen. That was Saturday. No, Sunday. Okay. We're going to be there on Sunday, the seventh, to do our uh, our little uh, hour and a half show. I think we're going to do. Okay. We're going to do it based on fantasy music, high fantasy, low fantasy, sci-fi, comic, comic books, yeah. anything like that. Anything geek chic. Yeah. Instead of music fantasy, we just call it geek chic. Yeah, I like that. All right. So anyway, we're going to be there doing that. Come down out for the weekend. It's $40. Get you the whole weekend. There's actually uh, the uh, the network that we're part of is going to be doing several uh, podcasts that weekend. And there's tons of gaming, tons of board games, tons of anything you want to do that's geeky. I mean, vendors, anything. It's all going to be there. Check out their website, evercon.org. And you'll meet, Come, a, you'll meet a lot of great people there, too. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Come check it out. That said, you want to drop us a line, let us know if we're doing good, let us know if we're doing bad, let us know if everything we put out there is absolute shit, you know, there's a few ways you can do that. First of all, you can find us through email at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenged Podcast. Either way, you want to reach out to us, reach out to us, we will get back to you, I promise. And something new in 2017. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because we've only been here since 2017, but we are now on the Twitters. We are indeed, and if you want to get a hold of us there, it is going to be at MCPodcast17, so MC Musically Challenged Podcast, because that's what you're listening to, and then 17 is in that it was our birth year for our show. Coming up on a year? Yeah, yeah, it's coming, uh, end of January, first part of February. Watch for episode 52. I don't know what we're doing exactly yet, but it's going to be something special. We'll definitely try to do something epic. Now, why don't we finish up on an epic trivia question? Oh, that's right. My second trivia question. I can I can take a two-question lead here. You could indeed. All right. So, reminder. Question was, the Stooges, as in Iggy Pop and The, were nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame how many times before being inducted? And you said there was a subtle clue in the beginning. Yes. And obviously I didn't pick up on it, so I'm going to guess. I'm going to say that uh, four. You're a little low. Really? What did I tell you it would be if you got both of these questions correct? Seven and five. Seven times. <laughs> you know, I almost went with that, but I'm like, no, that's stupid. I That's the best hint I could give you, but no, yeah, they, yeah. they were nominated seven times before being inducted in 2010. If they would have gone to eight, they would have broken a record. Oh, so who was it that... I don't remember who okay. the other one was, but yeah, it's, I mean, Iggy Pop's a good band. Yeah. I, it's, I'm surprised it took them that many times. I mean, there's been a lot of good talent, so I can see why, but at the same time, it's, they deserve it. Yeah, and then there's other bands that get in on first ballot, and you're like, 
Really? Yeah, you wonder who they were, whose desk they were under. To... Yeah, so anyway, that puts me at 6-6. Six and six. You're still 500, man. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.